Hello and welcome to another episode of VGM Moments, a podcast dedicated to memorable pieces of video game music. I'm your host Steve Vancouver, and as usual, we'll be talking to a guest about the moments in video game music that stuck with them. Today's guest knows his way around video game music as both a podcaster, most notably as host of, as host of his own show ComposerCast, and as co-host of a long-running Dork Tunes, but also as a composer in his own right, ranging from work on podcast jingles through to indie games. I'm very pleased to welcome Will Hellowell to the show. Welcome, Will. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, thanks for coming along for the show. My first question yeah. uh, for you is just a... Well, I say it's quite easy. <laughs> Maybe it's not easy. How did you get into composing? Oh, um, how did you get... Well, I started off as a guitar player, playing in bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realised that playing on stage wasn't really my forte. Like, I didn't really enjoy it. And I thought, oh, okay, how can I make music? But not be on stage I thought ah composing that was pretty much it so I could sort of yeah sit behind the desk and go right I can make my music I don't have to perform it to people I can just kind of release it um what's 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 your composing process like do you do things flow naturally for you or do you have to sit down and think think things through properly beforehand uh before actually starting yeah it completely uh changes it goes both ways some days I try and make myself um compose even if like nothing's flowing uh, I try and sit there and I go, right, well, if this is like a real job, then I have a time limit. I have to write something. So I give myself maybe an hour and go, okay, I'm just going to write something. And you eventually, you seem to get past like the writer's block, the little bit. You'll find one little sound or one little like bass line and that will just trigger everything else. That's the way it normally seems to go. Um, and, and what sort of um, made you segue into video game music specifically? Uh, I find it really, well big fan of video games been playing them all my life um i think i started off with a snes as a kid or i think before that it might have had a commodore but i was about two or three then so i don't really remember but yeah started off with a snes so love video games um forever as far as the music goes yeah i really like the way uh it kind of it segues into each other so it's not um what's the word it's like dynamic so it's not just here's a here's a track okay. i've written a track it kind of it has to go with what the player's doing and has to keep up with what they're doing if they jump off a cliff or if they get into a fight the music has to change so i really like the idea that it's never just um one track and yeah that's kind of what interested me really i'm trying to remember the proper word for it but <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm sure well you know I, I don't know words i'm not technical at all of these sort of things i just love the i just like the music you know <laughs> so I yeah. sort of understood what you were saying, so it's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you also do um, a couple of podcasts. You, you co-host Dork Tune, but you also got your own show, Composer Cast. What enticed you to start your own show? Well, really, it was just listening to other podcasts out there and thinking, oh, that looks like fun. And I've been listening to a lot of, um, do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? I don't know if I know. Oh, okay. He's um, it's like an entrepreneur and he's got a like a daily vlog thing of just him running a business and... Um, it's more just like encouragement from his videos going, well, try something new, go do a podcast, do something with a voice, do something that you're like scared of. And I thought, yeah, I'm a bit scared of talking through the microphone and releasing it out to the world <laughs> and everyone like seeing my personality. I'll try that. I'm on um, like episode 10 now and I think I'm only just, what I hadn't done before is I hadn't defined it. I just thought, oh, okay, I'll start a podcast. And it's taken me like these yeah. 10 episodes to go, well, this is what the podcast actually is. I want it to be about like my journey as a composer um, and then as soon as I defined it then it's like oh well these are all the things that I could include now it's got a definition whereas before like it's just been kind of meandering a little bit 
Yeah, so you you can kind of get swamped by all the options. So yeah. Sort of, you're it's paralyzed like... by, by by the options, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It's like, yeah. do you want to do video game reviews, or do you want to talk about the music, or do you want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons? And so I've included all of that, and now I've gone <laughs> right. No, I'm just going to do this set thing and yeah, go on the path. Do you, do you enjoy the editing side of things, or is it? Um... Yeah, I enjoy sitting there and sort of splicing everything up and making, like, removing some of the ums and all those awkward silences that you have. I think the thing I do where I, I try not to feel so awkward about my voice is I normally edit about 1.5 times the speed. And so everything sounds fast and everything's just kind of going and you're like, eh, well, I might have sounded stupid, but at least I only sounded stupid for five seconds instead of ten. That is a good idea. I might uh, do that. And I arm and err a lot and I try to get them out of my editing, but it's all, yeah, it's just too natural in my speech. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think people do train to kind of stop it. And um, yeah, I think it's a very difficult thing to do to not go, um, well, <laughs> definitely. Um, well, let's, let's move on to your next piece. Um, <laughs> the, the, your first piece for the show. We'll move on to, on to your picks. This is um, Metal Gear Solid 4, The Best Is Yet To Come, which was composed by Rika Muranaka with vocals by Ifa Ni
wrong the surname, but best I'm gonna it's, get. <laughs> it's a better job than I'd be able to do. <laughs> At least I know how to pronounce Ether. I guess that, that that's something. Yes. So, Will, can you tell me a little bit about why you picked this piece? Um, so, big fan of the Metal Gear Solid series. Um, again, it's one of those games that I played as a kid on the PS One, and it stuck with me for years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wanted to choose this this song in particular. I found really interesting because it just evokes all of the nostalgia. Um, and I, I'm not I don't really like nostalgia, but this one just kind of just kind of hits you and it's because it's actually the same song that plays in Metal Gear Solid 1 sure. uh, at, on the end credits like at the end of it when it's all big and emotional um, so it's it's loads of emotions all kind of mixed into one really so you've got the song plays like when you're entering the helipad um, on Metal Gear Solid 4 sure. and you're returning to this place Shadow Moses which is where you were on number one mm-hmm. so as well as the nostalgia of like the you've got it in the game it would have also been 10 years for you since you played Metal Gear Solid right. 1. Like, if you played Metal Gear Solid 1 on release and you played Metal Gear Solid 4 on release, I think there's a 9 or 10 year gap. So you've got that nostalgia added in there. And, yeah, you've just got all these emotions hitting you at once, basically. Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful piece. It's got, um, obviously, Irish and Gaelic in, influences influences in there with the, um, the, the vocals and the... Yeah, I looked up the uh, the lyrics to the um, the Gaelic just to see because oh i've loved the song for ages and i thought i wonder what it's actually saying mm-hmm. and it's really sort of depressing a little <laughs> bit but beautiful at the same time ah, it's it's but. strange really because yeah a song called best is yet to come i guess you wouldn't expect it to be so de- depressing yeah or maybe it's depressing because it's it's the end of the game and it's always it's the end of an era like I suppose yeah of your life i suppose that's true. Um, but the, t- the lyrics are like, uh, "Why do why do we have to weep tears? Please tell me we're not alone in this world fighting the wind. Life can be simple if you can only see that the best is yet to come." So it's like, Oof. "Oh, I don't want to be alone. Everything's rubbish, but it will get better." I hope. That is hard hitting. That is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting <laughs> hearing the translations. It's like um, near automata and near in general with the um, hmm. the made up language by Emmy Evans. So I have no idea in some of these tracks what's being sung it could be the most depressing thing in the world or it could be beautiful but it's it's not it's it's interesting hearing what the translation is because obviously it's an, it's an irish and gaelic so i have no idea so it's quite nice hearing that yeah. um I, I i was quite interested yeah. there you, uh, you you mentioned in your uh on that you didn't like nostalgia much why is that do you think oh um i'm gonna get this wrong here i'm trying to remember it's like it was the definition of nostalgia and I can't remember what language or whatever it comes from, but it it brings up like I don't know how to describe it, like it feels a bit sickly and I, I don't know, it just brings up this weird I'm saying it brings up this weird feeling. <laughs> it brings up the feeling of nostalgia. But no, I just I don't know. I never I never liked it. I never like looking back at it and going it's it's never looking back and being happy. It's looking back and feeling like, Oh, oh, that you get this just yeah, sickly, slightly depressed, but oh, that's finished now. Yeah, do you, do you think it's it's too melancholic rather than celebratory? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think that would be the best description. Does that apply to to the music as well? Um, like music from your past is it music that you've enjoyed when you've when you're younger? Uh, do you still listen to that sort of music now, or is it? 
Um, yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> so it's all like Blink 182 and some 41 and uh, lots of pop punk stuff like that. Yeah, I guess that doesn't have the same effect on me. That sort of, if I'm going maybe out for the evening, I'll pop that on and I'll go, oh yeah, I'm in a good mood now. But if I think back to school, let's say, mm-hmm. I go, for whatever reason, I don't like thinking back to school and people sort of reminisce and I just, again, it brings up that feeling of kind of sickly nostalgia and go, I don't really want to talk about this. Even though nothing really bad happened at all. School was fine. But You prefer to look forward, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. Well, we'll continue to look backwards (laughs) in this uh, show about retrospectives (laughs) (laughs) music. Move on to your next pick, which is uh, from the game Firewatch. Uh, The piece is Ol Shoshon by Chris Remo. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about this piece and why it's one of your picks? I can, (laughs) but... What I forgot is I actually picked the wrong piece. I clicked on the wrong button on the um, YouTube clip. It was actually the one before that. Oh, okay. Um, This one's called Catching Up. Okay, so I picked this piece. Um, again, this one, I think all of the pieces I'm going to pick, they all have a kind of, saying how much I, <laughs> I don't like nostalgia <laughs> and stuff, they all have this kind of feeling. Um, but this one plays right at the end of the game, and it's when you're saying goodbye to Delilah. And so you've been through this whole ordeal. Like, you've had an amazing summer. You haven't actually met this woman. You've just talked to her mm. over the radio and sort of built up this relationship with her. Um, but then at the end of the game, you sort of, you have to say goodbye to her, but you still don't get to meet her and you're really, you're really upset as the character, but really upset as you playing it, that you just, you haven't got to meet this amazing woman throughout the entire game. Mm. You've just been, you've been talking to her on the radio. You've built up this whole thing with her and then she leaves you. She just, I mean, it's perfectly reasonable why she leaves you. There's a big fire going on and you've got to escape, but you're, you're still annoyed about it. Yeah. Is it, is, do you think it's the melancholic feel of the actual piece? Do you think that that helps accentuate the moment of you not being able to meet her and saying goodbye? I think so, yeah. It's a really, it's a reflective sort of piece of music. Um, really, it just kind of sits there in the background nicely. But 
yeah, I think the like the whole game's about sort of dealing with dealing with problems and you you're trying to run away from from your problems. So the main character, um, he's sort of he had a bit of it seems like he has a bit of problem with alcohol. So he's come to the wilderness and trying to sort of get away from his I think it's his wife, um yeah, and you're trying to just sort of forget about everything. And then at the end of the game you realise uh, you have to go back. And something that I noticed, I think it kind of works on two levels. Mm-hmm. So like you came to the wilderness to try and escape a bit like rehab. Um, and I think a lot of people, they play games to try and escape. So at the end of the game, it's basically telling you that, you know, the journey is over, your escapism is over, but you've got to go back to the real world and deal with whatever problems that you actually have. And so it works on, it works mm-hmm. in the game and it works in real life as well. Yeah, I could be looking completely like too deeply into uh, that I, 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 I like the interpretation I like that it's very good um, what did you think of the um, the overall soundtrack and sound of the game itself I think it fitted really nicely I think it's it's one of those ones it doesn't stand out um, again because it's uh, like a walking simulator if you want to call it that a little bit mm. um, just exploring the wilderness you don't really need a soundtrack to kind of hit you in the face and go Whoa, here's some music you just needed to sit gently and mix in with all the sound effects and like the leaves rustling and that. So yeah, I think it did a really good job. Yeah. I've noticed on a, f- um, a lot of your picks actually, they're from games that would sort of be associated with that walking simulator tag. It, do you prefer narrative-driven games in that sense? Do you, or, or are you also into your definitely. action side? Um, the action side, I, I think I definitely prefer the narrative stuff just because I, I do play games too. I not escape, but I play them. Like I come home from from work or something, or and I just go. I, I want to chill out for an hour, so I don't like to chill out by running around and shooting stuff and blowing mm-hmm. stuff up because that's <laughs> just has the opposite effect. <laughs> so yeah, I do like all these. Um, what was the phrase that someone said? Someone called them uh, stroll playing games. Stroll playing games. I like that. I've yeah. <laughs> I that that yeah. walking simulator tag. I've never really liked even being reclaimed by certain people in the industry i've never liked the the tag i've always tried for narrative adventure it's not very succinct but it's, it's wordy but i think that gets uh, across but stroll pg that is a new one that i will add to my <laughs> list <laughs> yeah i like that one uh, no i was just saying i, I yeah. like that one yeah and i'm the same i don't like the um walking simulator because that just implies that you're doing nothing but walking it doesn't even include the fact there's this amazing mm. story going on exactly um, m- moving on to another stroll, stroll PG um, from a, the same composer again, <laughs> from Chris Remo. Uh, this is Gone Home, yeah. uh, and I said yes.
Uh, could you tell me a little bit about this piece? Yes, so this one, it happens um, right at... I think lots of these picks, again, they're sort of at the end of the mm. game in a climactic moment. Um, but I guess that's kind of... That's what hits you, really. So this one, you, you're playing a girl named Katie, and you, you come home to an abandoned house. Your parents away on a, on a trip. You find out it's actually for couples therapy later on in the game. Are we allowed... I assume we're doing spoilers oh, on this. Oh, well, with, with the, the pieces that people choose, with... we have to, really, because we have to explain the moments. So go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler warning. <laughs> okay. So they're, they're away in couples therapy. Um, your sister's also missing. And like as you progress through the game, you, you're finding journals um, and notes written by her all throughout the house. Mm. And each time you find a written note, another bit of music plays. And so it all kind of builds up and up. You've had all these little bits of music playing. And then right at the end, you find the final piece of your sister's journal um, up in the attic. And it explains why she's left. And I thought, as I'm playing the game, I thought it was going to be because she committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And so I had this horrible feeling about reading that final journal entry. And so you've got the music kind of just creeping in. And it's a bit, again, somber and... Yeah. Yeah. And you think, oh no, what am I about to read? But then it turns out that your sister has run away um, with this girl she's fallen in love with. And it's because your parents, like, they weren't accepting of her. But yeah, the music comes in, you find the note, and you read that she's run away and to go live her life with this this other girl. Yeah. And so it's actually really lovely. Yeah. The, the whole game's quite interesting, really, because it, it gives you that sense that there's something more mysterious and maybe horror slash tropey going on in the background with the way the yeah. the man the mansions by the house is lit the way the music is it's sort of semi-haunting at times the ambient music but it's actually just a a story there's no science or fantasy elements to it like ghosts or anything but it, it leads you down that road sort of to think it yeah yeah, well, I've heard lots of people say that, and it's the same with me. When they start the game, they they think it's going to be scary and something's going to jump out, and you're sort of you're creeping around the whole house. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's a lovely game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said, it's another pick. Um, you've made with like, composed by Chris Remo. Um, are you a fan of his soundtracks, or is it these two in particular that stand out to you? He's he also done Thirty Flights of Loving, Space Space DF9, other things like that. I would say just these two because I haven't heard of those <laughs> other two. Um, but I'm also terrible with names. If someone says, "Who's your favourite composer?" and I go, "I, I, do, I don't know. I, I have like two names in my head that I can never <laughs> remember, and I forget everyone else." And I just go, "Well, let me just find the music. Oh, I really like this track. Oh, it's by that person." Sure. Um, but it's the same with films and everything. I have no idea like who directs stuff. I can't remember the names of actors. So I, I've just stopped trying and just gone. I, I like this piece of music. This one is good. I guess it makes things <laughs> a little bit easier. You don't have to remember to follow what they're doing. You, you literally hear something. It's like, oh, this is great. You're like, oh, that's the same guy. So it's a bit easier not having to yeah. follow these things. Easier, easier for me, not easier for people <laughs> I'm having conversations with. They're just like, well, what do you mean you don't remember? <laughs> you mentioned again that um, the last two picks were sort of ending-y themes happened right at the end, at end of the game. How important is that good ending music or a, 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 like a good credits theme to you in the context of the whole soundtrack i think it's super important i think it it sort of wraps up the whole game it's if they put the wrong music at the end let's say even if it's on you get it sometimes when you're watching a film and the film's been amazing and loads of stuff's happened and then the end credits is just like 
this rock track that they've put yeah. on. When you think, well, why have you done that? And it's sort of, I suppose it doesn't spoil the film, but it definitely doesn't make you want to sit there for the credits and it kind of suddenly changes your mood. So I think, yeah, the final piece of music, whether it's on the end credits or just in the end bit of the game, really has to fit everything together. Yeah. It needs to, as if it's carrying on the narrative, as if you're going to leave it and go, oh yeah, and you're left with the feeling of the whole game. Sure. Yeah, absolutely great. Um, that was your third pick. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to your next pick, which is another sort of stroll PG, but 2D. Uh, this is To the Moon, and the piece is Forever Piano, Sarah and Tommy's version by Kangao. this one just as i was researching it uh, again it just i think this is one of those games that has really just hit me with all the emotions mm-hmm. i've not really had that too much in a game before but sort of almost brought me to tears and i think it's a lot to do with the music yeah so great the game is like you're playing as 
Yeah, it's amazing. But you're playing as um, these two doctors, and you it's a bit like uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Sort of, you're going into someone's brain, but instead of trying to like wipe out memories, you're trying to make them relive memories so that they can achieve their dreams on their deathbed, basically. So it's, it's a bit sad. Mm. Um, but yeah, you, you learn like the guy, John, who's on his deathbed, his desire is he wants to go to the moon and you've got to try and fulfill that. And there's this whole backstory with it and it's super, super sad. It's like uh, your wife, River, um, she died, but you met as children and John has forgotten about this very first meeting but it was like it was super important for river mm. so she keeps making all these mementos all the time and trying to sort of trigger his memory but his memory never gets triggered and then she dies and he writes this song which is why it's called for river mm. and he writes this song on the piano for her and i think it's really clever um like the way it's done throughout the game so it appears a lot and the first time I think it appears is when you as the two doctors, you walk into the house uh, to go see John and to go do your doctory stuff. But you walk into the house and there are these two kids there and they're playing just the two simple notes on the piano. And it's just these two little notes right at the beginning of the game that it just sort of goes throughout the whole thing and then builds up again near the end. And it's more of a th it's more of a theme rather than just one single track, I think, with this one. Yeah, there's the, the, there's a few different piano yeah. versions by the different characters. Um, th throughout the game, really, there's a lot of um, different themes that recur in different contexts. Have you um, have you looked at any of the uh, sequels or any of the other stories in the To the Moon universe at all? No, I haven't. Um, I no, I, I can't remember the name of it. I, I've looked up one. And yeah. It looked good, but I haven't bought it or played See, it. See, um, one of our previous guests, uh, Alex Jones, chose a piece from a bird story, which is sort of semi-related oh, okay. to this. But the actual sequel to To the Moon came out in December, called Finding Paradise, I believe. Um, I hadn't played it yet. I just wondered if uh, you'd uh, you'd been following it at all. Um, I briefly looked at it on Steam and thought I need to get. That. I think <laughs> it's on my wish list. Uh, but then my my dad got me about four games for Christmas that were on my wish list, so I haven't even played through them yet. So I've <laughs> I've given myself a cut off. I'm like, no more games. That is restraint. That is impressive restraint, which I never follow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kangao um, is the composer for this piece, and also the writer and director, and pretty much the one man show of To the Moon. How much mm. do you think this this soul control helps the overall cohesion of this game and the soundtrack? I think cohesion-wise, it probably helps massively. I'm just thinking of the amount of work they would have had to put in. Would have been crazy. Mm. So I I would say that's probably the only downside to doing it all yourself. You get this, you get the story that you want, you get the music exactly how you want it. Um, but it's probably going to take you a long time and a lot of hours and late nights doing it. But I, th I think <laughs> if you if you can do it, then it's probably going to make the world, uh, yeah, a lot more cohesive. It's like, um, oh, I can't, again, can't remember the person's name, but the person who did Stardew Valley, like they they wrote it and they did the music, they did everything. Do you think if, if you had the coding, I don't know, you might have the coding talents, do you, do you think it's something that you'd, you'd like to do in, in the future <laughs> with your own music? Um... I've had a little go just using mm. stuff like Game Maker, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it's for me. I think it's there's a lot of how do I put this? Like all the coding for me would, I take the emotion out of it. I wouldn't really right. be 
attached. It feel more like work than something you want to do. Yeah, definitely. Like I could sit there and write music for eight hours and that be that would be fine but if i had to sit there and sort of i'm saying if i had to sit there and code for eight hours but i work in it as a job so i guess <laughs> i kind of do but that that feels like work yeah maybe that's why maybe that's why i wouldn't want to sort of make my own game i've dabbled but i think it's so close to yeah. my day job that yeah it does just seem like work and i'm trying to constantly figure stuff out and yeah it just it doesn't appeal it doesn't seem anywhere near as fun as making music does for me that's absolutely fair enough We'll move on to your last piece now, which is a from a game which had a lot more people than one working on it. I think, apart, apart from Metal Gear Solid, it's the only massive release on your list. This is Alan Wake. Um, Welcome to Bright Falls by Petri Alanko.
why is this on your list? Partly because I'd picked some quite sombre stuff, really, and <laughs> the rest of the list was all, yeah, a bit melancholy. So I wanted, I wanted something a bit more orchestral and lively that people could listen to, um, but also because the game was awesome. So I'm not very good at completing games, so it was quite a struggle <laughs> to go through. I wanted to pick ones like I'd actually got all the way sure. through, and then I remembered this existed and thought it was a fantastic game, and... If anything, I, I just want more people to know about it, really. Because you sort of bring it up and people go, oh, yeah, I heard of that. I never really played it. But I think it's one of those really underrated ones. Sure. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, about the uh, the moment itself when you when, when the piece plays? Yeah, so this one is actually at the start of the game. Okay. Um, compared to the others, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like such a dramatic piece of music. But you've gone... The stories, you've gone there on vacation. So you're Alan Wake, who's like an author. You've gone there on vacation with your wife to try and get away from it all. Uh, but really, your wife is kind of using it to see if it can kick your writer's block that you've had for two years. Um, so you're a bit mad at her. Um, but anyway, this the music happens when, you're, when you first enter uh, the town the, of Bright Falls. And so you've just had this... The game starts with this horrible nightmare and you're running away from a shadow creature and you suddenly you wake up and you're on the boat that goes over to Bright Falls and it's lovely and sunny and he's like, oh. So it's a real sort of juxtaposition to what just happened and I suppose to what's going to happen in the rest of the game. It's like the one uplifting bit where everything's everything's fine, everything's <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's um, I haven't played the game itself. It's always as I wanted to try but never actually got around to. What makes the game stand out from others, do you think? Um, <clears throat> I think it was the... Probably the... Me the mechanics a little bit of the shining a torch around to try and banish the darkness and all the shadow creatures that are trying to get you. I really like the way it's something I hadn't seen done before. It was set kind of episodically. So it was like a TV program. I think it's set in about six episodes. So it's like, this is the beginning and you've come to Bright Falls and this is the backstory and everything happens. Then episode two, it all goes a bit wrong. So I really like the way they sort of split it up like that. All the pieces that you've chosen have a certain delicacy to them. I mean, Alan Wake's more rousing and that, but there's also the delicate parts. Do you also like the, are there any energetic pieces that you do like? Is there anything in other genres might maybe more chiptune-wise that you are also interested in? Or is it just these that stand out as like memorable, memorable moments compared to how other more action-heavy music might sound? I think it's more of these, but probably because these are the mm -hmm. types of games I play. So, uh, yeah, I don't find... I would, I would listen to these pieces of music as just pieces of music by themselves, but something like, I don't know, um, Modern Warfare 2 or anything like that and something action-y, I never really listened to that and go, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed listening yeah. to that piece of music. It doesn't, it doesn't create any emotions. I mean, they're nice and everything. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm not sure if there's any like, action-y type of music that I really, really enjoy, <laughs> which sounds, I think I need to branch out, actually. You mentioned how you about listening to pieces on on their own. Are you the sort of person who sits down to listen to the full soundtrack in isolation, or is it like a playlist of specific pieces, or is it more just background music for whatever work you're doing? Yeah. So if I'm listening to music, it has to be I have to actively listen to it. I find it really difficult to have it on in the background. Um, I'll start getting sort of distracted and go, oh, oh, I like this bit. Oh, I like that bit, and then forget about what I'm doing. So yeah, if I'm listening, it has to be. It's sort of like how people listen to vinyls and i think why there's a big resurgence of them it's you have to 
take the music and sit down and put it on and you listen to the whole thing. And I really like, I like that experience. And I feel like if someone's gone to the effort to put it together in an album, you should kind of honor that, I suppose. That sounds like a bit of a cliche way of putting it, but you should kind of, yeah, I feel like you should go through the journey that they've set out for you in the order that they've set it out and then decide if you don't like it, then go, well, I can listen to whatever order. That was rubbish. <laughs> uh, that, that's a really good sentiment. Um, you, you mentioned vinyl there. Um, are you a big vinyl head? I, I would like to be. <laughs> I have a record player, but the record player sits underneath my keyboard at the moment on my desk, so it doesn't really get used that much. Yeah, I would like to be. I, I've got a few, but it's, I think for me, I need it set up so I can just, I turn it on and then I sit down and listen, but I've got to sort of, Pl- unplug some things plug everything else back in hook it up to the right speakers it's all a bit of an ordeal at the moment my plan is when i move to a bigger place then it will have you know it'll have a yeah. place of its own and it will always be plugged in and then i will become a crazy old man who collects vinyls that sounds good is are, are there any um soundtracks on i know firewatch already has one but are there any soundtracks on your list that you would like the most on vinyl oh um maybe gone home but I'm thinking with sort of uh, like synthy electronic music, I don't think it makes that much difference if it's on vinyl. It's a nice thing to have and obviously nice listening experience, but the actual sounds, I think if you've got something orchestral um, or something maybe with like real instruments, then it makes a bit of a difference on vinyl. If that makes sense, you get sort of, you do get a warmer sound, but if it's all synthy and it's all quite warm anyway, yeah, I'm not sure how much of a difference that would make. Maybe I have to buy lots more well, vinyl to try and figure out I what I I wasn't going to say, but <laughs> yes, you have to buy all the vinyl you can. <laughs> Thank you very much, Will. This has been really, really good. Great chat and great discussion on these pieces. Is there anything you'd like to tell our audience about? Any links or websites you'd like to inform them? Twitter? I said follow me on Twitter. It's at WillHelliwell1. And I had to include the number one in there because some a farmer already has Will Helliwell. Um <laughs> That's it. Yeah, Twitter's the main thing I use, and I sort of <laughs> I post everything out on there, and that kind of links up to all sure. my other stuff. Well, yeah. give Will a follow, and thank you everyone for listening. We have our own Twitter account, as you are probably aware, uh, VGM underscore Moments. We're on Facebook and the YouTubes and the SoundClouds. You can find us there by searching for our name, and oh, the iTunes as well. We're on that one too. Hopefully, uh, you'll all join me again next time for as we get someone to share their VGM moments with us. I'd like to thank Will once again, and until next time, farewell.